What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Andrew Ivins here, joined, as always, by my man, David Lake. We are taping on a Sunday afternoon. Wanted to get it in as the Miami Hurricanes held a scrimmage uh, on Saturday night. Um, we're going to talk briefly kind of about that, just discuss some things that we have heard, uh, what Miami has put out there. And uh, then we'll kind of just uh, go from there, I guess. David, how you doing? I know you're at the uh, the beach this morning. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, I was able to sneak in some beach time before the afternoon rains, and that was nice and good to be on with you. And uh, yeah, definitely a different vibe after the second scrimmage, and we'll get into that. I think some of that is by design, and some of it is, you know, uh, quite frankly obvious when, when you compare who was on the field with the first scrimmage compared to the second scrimmage but we can jump into things here now if you want yeah I mean I think the story of the first scrimmage uh which was last week for Miami you know season's about three weeks away Miami's gonna open up against UAB on a Thursday night so um I I mean would you call this the, the last scrimmage of preseason camp I mean or, or do you think they're probably gonna do one more I honestly think this is going to be like the last real scrimmage. I think they're going to probably do some scrimmage situations moving forward this week. Um, I don't know. Maybe they do squeeze in another scrimmage. I I honestly haven't heard either way, but I think they're going to do some more practicing, more scrimmage situations, and then, you know, you got to start kind of setting your depth chart because once we get to – Thursday, you are two weeks away from your opener against UAB. So right. it's, it's getting close to that time, I guess, is the point. Um, you know, I would, I would probably say I'd be surprised if they have a, a, another scrimmage like this. But, you know, this is definitely a different offseason or right. camp, camp, I should say. So who knows at this point? Yeah. Um, well, I, I bring that up because, I mean, this might be the final stats or idea of a depth chart we're going to get. Um, so I just wanted to make note of that. You said the defensive starters were back. You know, Quincy Roche doesn't sound like he was limited. Um, yeah. Who else? Who else? Who else was back? Don Ford. Yeah. I, I think, too. Think we, in the did first, we know that? He, we didn't know that till after. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And Manny kind of said um he also in that first scrimmage they they did limit Jalen Phillips it sounded like her my my understanding is Jalen Phillips kind of wrecked things early on in that first (laughs) scrimmage and they were like all right you're good and held them off uh for honestly the majority of the scrimmage so I think he played more in the second scrimmage than he did in the first scrimmage so Basically, the outcome of all this, right, is the offense got off to kind of a slow start in this recent scrimmage, especially compared to the first scrimmage. Um, I kind of wonder, too, I wonder if this was done by design in a way. Um, You know, do you, I wonder if, or do you (laughs) think it's possible at all, like the first scrimmage, hey, let's get the offense confident, let's get them off to somewhat of a strong start. And then, you know, the second scrimmage will kind of bring them back down to earth, so to speak, with, with our regular starters. Do you, or is that too conspiracy theory for you? 
No, give me the tin hat. Like I'm all for putting that that type of stuff on. Like I think it's calculated what information's getting released, and like yeah. I don't think Manny is like peak football coach in terms of being concerned about people stealing secrets or or whatever yeah. with the media out at practice. But this is like the perfect environment where you can literally control what is leaked out. So I do think um, there are some agendas that they want to push. Uh, but maybe this is just a case of uh, the def- like I mean, Miami's defense. We think is gonna be pretty good, and when you have a player who like Quincy Roche, who is an NFL talent, like all of a sudden he's back. I think that's gonna create issues for a right. young offensive line. So, um, and I'll say no, this: I, like I think so. If, you know, a lot of the buzz in this early part of scrimmage has you know comparing Quincy and Jalen has been. Uh, centered around Jalen, right? Which I get, like he's kind of the new guy on the block in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, Quincy's new too, but he's kind of a known commodity at the college level. Whereas Jalen, you know, he was the number one overall recruit and, you know, frankly disappeared for a little bit. Now he's back at Miami, seems back fully healthy, back fully engaged, and he's, he's doing some good things. I think this recent scrimmage, you know, what I was kind of told was it was like Quincy's time to like remind people like, oh yeah, this dude was one of the best pass rushers in the country last year. And he's widely regarded as a preseason first team All-American, especially now that Greg Rousseau has opted out. So right. it was kind of just a reminder of what Quin- of what they have in Quincy Roche. I know like I kind of overlook him every now and then probably because he's not the biggest guy, but um, in terms of physical traits, but he's, you can't overlook his ability to get after the passer. And he, my understanding is he was definitely doing that in this recent scrimmage. Well, that's good to know. Um, you yeah. Know, I, I don't know why I kind of like think, forget about him too. I, I don't, <laughs> it's just weird. I, I guess, you know, it seems like he's he's never he hasn't played a game for Miami, and sometimes he's almost uh, forgotten. I'll say, you know, we got limited stats from yeah. Andy Diaz, and, and there are some photos, and I'm sure at some point video will, will be released. I, I was told that the starting offensive line is kind of in that same group we've seen. So John Campbell, yeah, left tackle, um, guard Treor, Treor Gainer, and at center right guard delon scafe and, and then right tackle jared williams so i would put some i would assume this is definitely the starting five uh week so. one against uab um and, and i believe zion nelson and, and and is also getting some run at left tackle as well yes it, it does appear that that's the case to be as well i think he's getting more second team reps but yeah he's definitely rotating in and working uh, right. against against those starters I'll say this with the offensive line like did they have the best performance pass blocking uh, it, it could have been better <laughs> yeah. but but it's pretty clear that they're kind of having success or, or finding a groove with with the run blocking and you know honestly in my opinion that was what Garen Justice was kind of brought in to do was to help that group be more impactful in the run game. And for, you know, in the first scrimmage, it was Jalen Knighton going off 
in the second scrimmage, Cam Harris had a, had a pretty productive day, 13 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown also scored a, a two touchdowns receiving, but uh, it does seem like this line, this offense can consistently run the ball, which is big. I mean, look, games like this recent scrimmage are going to happen where the, the passing game just needs to get some time to find that rhythm. Uh, and, and if you're able to run the ball while that's happening, that's okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing. So um, I think it, it's kind of, in a way, a good sign that the passing game didn't necessarily click as well as it did in the first scrimmage, but the running game still did click because as we've seen in the past, um, or recent past, when the passing game isn't clicking, the running game isn't clicking. Um, right. So I, I think that that's kind of a good sign to see the running game emerge. You know, it seems like Miami kind of has a three-headed monster with Cam Harris leading the way, and then Ooh. the freshman Knighton and Cheney kind of kind of pushing things as as back co backups. So. Well, per- I think it's going to perfect- be the strength of the offense, to be honest. Okay. There's some, there's some takes here. Um, perfect segue to my next question. I, Cam Harris, I, w- the numbers on him, 77 yards on 13 carries and a touchdown. Also caught two touchdowns out of the backfield. Uh, Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney. I, I, was there ever official numbers on them? I, I don't think so. But they just- uh, Manny – yeah, I, I was, t- I mean, they originally said over 40 and later they've kind of leaked out night and 12 for 43 Cheney eight for 48. Okay. So I guess my question is, are you buying into these guys are going to play in 2020? Yes. Like they, at least one of them or both of them or, or, or what do you, I definitely think night has cemented his spot. I think Cheney is on his way to doing that. Um, and if he does, then it's more of like a, a two, a two B situation. Uh, I would say like right now it's kind of one night and two or sorry, one Harris two night and Cheney yeah. Cheney is, he's definitely going to be in the mix. I just think, you know, night was practicing in the spring. It was only one week, but the staff knows more what they have with night Cheney is making plays uh, as well. They just, you know, and, and between now and the season opener uh, against UAB, if Cheney continues to play like he has been playing at the start of this camp, it's going to be a 2A, 2B situation with him and Knighton splitting reps bet- behind Cam Harris, who's probably going to be in that 15 to 20 carry per game uh, average in terms of carries and then Knighton and Chaney I think you're looking at you know maybe combined they they hit 15 carries because and that might sound like a lot of carries but remember this 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 offense wants to play with a lot of tempo and Rhett Lashley does like to run the ball a lot so again yeah I I think it's going to be the strength of the offense um and, and I'm excited to see how it how it blossoms because and you and I talked about them as recruits you know, I think Knight and Cheney are going to be big time players. So, um, well, I was just kind of thinking, um, I never really thought like they had to get kind of Jalen Knighton. 
Um, I mean, I understood why they, they, they went and they got him from Florida right. state, but man, he's looking like, and I, this is just scrimmage stats, but you do hear from people in inside the program. Like they're very high on him. Yes. And just not only how big is it getting him, but you know, he's not at Florida state. So like I, yes. it's, and that, I'll admit like too, big, I, I thought he was good as a recruit. I didn't think he was anything special. And again, we got to see it in games. There's still a ways to go, but it sounds like he is, he has a chance to be special, which I didn't necessarily see in him as a recruit. I saw him as a, as a good, a good player. I thought Cheney, you know, and I still think that Cheney does have a chance to be special as well. So I was, I was higher on Cheney as a recruit than I was Knighton. And it looks like I could end up being wrong in that assessment, um, you know, going back to when they were recruits. Quarterback play um, doesn't sound like it. I mean, you already touched on this, but it was doesn't sound like it was the best of days for Derek King. Um, and I yeah. think that's probably in large part because of, of the pressure he was facing. Yeah, I think the pass rush got to him early a little bit. And I think um, – I think the secondary, you know, my understanding is the secondary stepped up and played better than they did in the first scrimmage as well. So I think some adjusted adjustments were made on the back end in terms, and maybe too is just like they kind of knew what to expect after seeing it uh, in the first scrimmage. So, um, you know, adjustments were made defensively going to get, which, which you want to see, like you don't want to see Derek, continue to light it up in that second scrimmage you still want your defense to be good so Miami made those Miami's defense made those adjustments and I don't think necessarily Derek had like a bad game a bad scrimmage but it wasn't it wasn't close to being what it was uh in that first scrimmage right right uh I I did ask someone that was at the scrimmage about the quarterback so I was like uh you know what what was it good or bad? They said they thought it was smooth, but the defense kind of just gave it to the offense, and it seems yeah. like that lines up with what what you had heard as well. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, on the other side, I want to talk about Xavier Restrepo. Um, he seems to be uh, yeah. producing in, the, in, in these things, so we'll talk about that. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, David. I mentioned Xavier Restrepo. Uh, first scrimmage, he had a few big plays from, from what we, we gathered. Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday night, 
catches two passes for 54 yards, also scored on a, on a reverse. Are you buying into the uh, Restrepo hype? So what I was told, I mean, to a certain extent, I am, yes. Uh, from, from, the, from the standpoint of, do I think he's going to crack the playing rotation as a true freshman and play as a backup slot receiver? Yes, I do think he's going to do that. Um, is he going to necessarily be a top, I don't know, like is he even going to be a top six receiver at the end of the season, like when you include the tight ends? Uh, I right. would probably uh, still say no, right? Because I still think, like me personally, I still think Harley, D. Wiggins, Mark Pope, Jeremiah Payton at receiver are all better right now than Restrepo. And then also, too, I think you want Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory on the field before you would want uh, Xavier Restrepo. Now, with all that being said, it is hard to ignore what he's doing in these moments, in these scrimmage situations. He's, he's finding ways to uh, produce in each scrimmage. And if you want to make a case for playing time to a coaching staff, that's exactly what you, you need to do. So he's, he's making plays. He's proving to be a guy that they can depend on and rely on. I, I don't know this, but I would assume he's making a lot of his plays against backups. So maybe, yeah, well, you know, I think maybe moving forward, if he starts getting more reps against um, starters on defense, then, you know, we'll see how that goes. But look, bottom line, he's making plays when he's in the game, when he's on the field, and you cannot ignore that. And I, you know, and, and, and wide receivers coach Rob Likens has said he wants to have a rotation of six to eight receivers in his offense. And can, can Xavier Restrepo crack that? six to eight rotation i think at this point yes he's going to do that yeah i, I someone else i did ask about restrepo because you saw this i saw the stat line i was like oh this is interesting but they were they were quick to point out that those plays are coming with um against yeah. the second and third teams but i i again i mean kind of surprising that yeah. he's just ad adjusted this fast i mean what i like what i said we had him as, as a low three star at, at 24 seven sports in the rankings. And after I saw him playing the state, him and Jalen playing in the state playoffs against Vero beach. And he made plays kind of in all three phases of the game. I, I went to our guys and I was like, man, I think he's like just a good football player. Um, yeah. and, and they eventually moved him up to like a mid three star. So uh, I, I think he'll turn into like a, a fan favorite Kinda. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has value. He definitely is a guy that, especially in this offense, for his career, I think he's going to be a productive player. Uh, now, is he going to be like an NFL talent? Probably not. But look, you're not going to have 85 NFL talents on a college football roster. Uh, so Xavier Restrepo is going to, in my opinion, prove to being a good take uh, in that class. And, you know, I think he's exactly what Manny Diaz wanted when he took him, when he took his commitment, right? Because I, it, to me, it was a bit of a head scratcher when he took the commitment. Um, but for those reasons that you said, he's just a flat out good football player, finds a ways to, to get it done. Uh, that's kind of translating to Miami too. So 
yes, it's hard to ignore the production, but is he going to be a freshman All-American <laughs> this year? I would probably say don't expect that. Can, can he be Braxton Berrios? I would say no, to be honest. Um, you know, Braxton, they're, they're similar sizes, no doubt. Uh, and, and, you know, people are going to make the comparison because of the uh, skin color being similar. But yeah. uh, Braxton had legit like 4-4 speed in the 40 um, coming out of high school. So, you know, there was still a little more physical ability there with Braxton than I think there is with Restrepo. And look, Restrepo is still like a 4-6 guy. So it's not like he's, he's, I'm not calling him slow or anything like that. I just think Braxton yeah, had that extra gear. Just looked it up, 4-5-8 on, on a 40 in the lasers, four one six shuttle for Mr. Restrepo. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I think Braxton had a ridiculous shuttle too in high school. I, I'm just saying Braxton, you know, when you're that size, you have to be a, an elite athlete almost. Braxton was an elite athlete. I think Xavier is a very good athlete. Maybe he improves in a college strength and conditioning program. Um, but at this point, I'm not gonna, I don't think he'll be as good as Braxton, in my opinion. Do you disagree? Uh, uh, no, it, it's, it'll be interesting to just kind of see how it plays out. I, you know, you, you mentioned like the skin color thing. I just think they're both similar size guys. That's kind of why I use that comp. Yes. And I looked it up, Braxton Barrios, four, five, two in the 40 coming out of high school, three, eight, one in the shuttle, which is like insane. Right, yeah. I thought he ran a four four out at the opening. Maybe I have that wrong, but um, I mean, this is this is the first number I could find. So you yeah, could, yeah, you could be right. Yeah, I mean, look, there are similarities there, no doubt. They're both going to be they're both they're both slot receivers, right? Um, but I would say maybe just at a shade under what Braxton Berrios was his senior season, right? In terms right. of what is Restrepo's peak, because it took Braxton a while to get going at Miami um, because of some of these reasons. Like it's hard and he dealt with some injuries here and there, no doubt, but it's hard to be uh, super productive at a high level of football when you're that small, it just is. Um, it clicked for Braxton during his senior season and you know, he's, he's getting it done in the NFL a little bit too. So I think the bottom line with Xavier Restrepo, no matter what the comparison is or, or, or whatever you, and, you know, however you think he compares with Braxton, I think the bottom line is he's a good player. He's going to be a good fit for that position group room. And he's going to produce for the next four, four years, four to five years now with the new scholarship rule. So, um, I think is he's going to prove to be one of the better players in this class. I think in terms of just pure production. One other guy I wanted to bring up, Brevin Jordan, um, is back. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it, it, it appears that he was a full go in this scrimmage, which I think is like the first time since maybe what the Florida State game he's been uh, a full go. Uh, four catches for undisclosed amount of yards. I think it's a good sign that three weeks yeah. out, you, you know. No, he's 
You know, if you're playing in a, a video game, he's the guy with the star around him, like as an yes. impact player. So, I mean, the, the fact that he is, I guess, on schedule should be uh, encouraging. No doubt. And, and he's a guy that I think can be highly productive in this offense. Um, you know, the, the key probably with Brevin is how does his body respond today, Sunday and, and Monday, you know, coming off that scrimmage? Because like you said, it's been a while since he's, he's probably participated fully in a scrimmage like situation. So good sign that he, that he got in there, had four catches. Um, and, and, you know, quite frankly, him and Derek King need to start building a connection. So which, which they've definitely been working on, but uh, doing it in a scrimmage is different than doing it in practice. So Definitely a good sign to, to see that Brevin Jordan was a full go after being held out of the first scrimmage. Uh, what else? What else you got? What else have you heard? I, I don't got much more. It's like I said, it's. I don't either. I mean, you know, I think, like I said, I think the secondary played better than they did in the first scrimmage. That's kind of one thing that's been relayed to me. Uh, you know, Takori Couch came up with a pick. You know, which which I think means something because we haven't seen the starters, the guys who have a chance to be starters at corner this year, uh, be credited with a pick in these scrimmages. So Takori did get a pick. Um, and, you know, besides that, I don't really have much. I tried to find out about linebacker and I, I couldn't get much there, to be honest. So Yeah, I, this isn't oh, – I guess this is kind of linebacker, but I've heard – Keontra Smith has had a pretty good few weeks. Um, yeah. You know, he's now working at that striker position. I guess battling Gilbert Frierson, although I would anticipate both those guys probably playing a bunch, just kind of with what Miami wants to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm team Keontra. I am um, too. I'm a bigger fan of Keontra. But I do think – and – when John Patkey spoke with, with the media through a uh, zoom teleconference, I tried to push him on, uh, you know, do you feel like Gilbert and Keontre bring different skill sets to the table with Gilbert being more of a, a pass defending type guy and Keontre being, you know, a little more physical, better against the run, because I think that is the case. Right. So I just wanted to ask him, he didn't really want to touch that question. He didn't really want to answer it, which I totally get. Like he doesn't want to uh, classify his guys that way. But um, I do think they bring different skills to that position and that versatility is a good thing. Right. So, but in my opinion, Keontre is probably the better player um, of the two and so, yeah, I think it's a good sign if, if you're here and that he's coming on strong here these first two weeks. Um, do we have any idea what the schedule looks like for this week? <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think they're off today, of course. I would assume they're getting back to work on Monday. Um, so we'll find out. Again, you know, Miami's kind of keeping things uh, or just not communicating with the – the people who cover the team very well. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to practice, I would think, Monday. But right now I do not 100% know. Well, I, I, I'll also say or point out um, 
that high schools, some high schools are going to start practicing on Monday as well in, in the state of Florida, including Shamanad uh, Madonna Prep, which is where Miami has, I think it's three or four commits. Four. Yeah. Have um, you heard, so, are, are Dade County schools going to start practicing? Or are they uh, waiting? No, they're, they're, in a, they're in a holding pattern. It's, it seems okay. like the, the uh, public ones. So, I mean, th- there will be some coverage, I guess is what, yeah, I'm saying on the site, and then I know me and Gabby, Eureta, uh, our, our coworker, were out at, at a camp on on Saturday, and he's written a bunch of stuff about some a few different defensive linemen. So I mean, I just want to plug that, check check that out, and uh, what do you got on deck? Yeah, so I was thinking about doing a depth chart for the Alabama game with this new scholarship rule that we talked about in the last podcast. So. You know, and and I would tr- I would match it up against what I think Alabama's depth chart would look like. You know, assuming they would probably lose some of their top guys to the NFL draft. I would also project similar guys being lost for Miami. So, what would it look like? Uh, spoiler alert: I'll have Derek King at quarterback. Um, but beyond that, I think it could be interesting. Again, you know. 2020 has been a weird year for everyone in this country, but it's, it, it's been good for Manny Diaz in terms of if he can take advantage of this season, of this moment, um, you know, a lot of the legislation has helped him uh, both on the recruiting trail and, you know, holding his team together uh, with this, this scholarship rule that basically you know, doesn't dock you a year for, for trying to play during this weird 2020 season. So I think that'll be an interesting article to, to everyone out there to check out. Last thing for me, guys, I want to thank everyone that subscribes and likes uh, the show. It, it goes uh, a long way. Yeah. I, I know someone left us a review on, on Podbean, giving us a good shout out. Shout out. So uh, much, you. much appreciated. Much appreciated. Yeah, guys, keep it rolling if you don't mind uh, hitting that five-star for us. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll we'll continue the good coverage. It does feel like football is getting closer and closer. Um, You know, so fingers crossed everything, everything continues to trend that way. All right, later. Take care.